got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a low right now. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Adam Drovetta on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk here on FM 1017-1320 Unlimited 5G is included in all plans at T-Mobile at no extra cost. T-Mobile, we cover more people and places than anyone else. So uh, some breaking news yesterday, a little bit of a uh, Wednesday news dump last night. By the way, this is two two days in a row where something significant happens after we're done. LJ Arnold, <laughs> now this is obviously more significant nationally, and LJ Arnold was just significant locally, but can they not just give... How about an hour ahead of time? Yeah, right. You know, give us some time here. That's all right. We get to lead off today's show with it. Jay Wright, the head coach of Villanova, which at this point, if you haven't heard, you're either living under a rock or you don't have Twitter, to which I say, if you're living under a rock, I'm sorry. If you don't have Twitter, then you should be telling me I'm sorry because you're the one living the better world there. But nonetheless. Unless you're um, Patrick Starr. <laughs> he had a nice life. That's under true. That rock. Under a rock. And uh, I'm sure some people do very much enjoy Twitter. I, But whatever. I don't want to turn this into that conversation. Nonetheless, <laughs> uh, Jay Wright. Is retiring from college basketball, um, so I guess no debate now. We 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 talked about it, uh, whatever, a couple weeks ago, and pretty hands down, it we came away with not necessarily thinking it would be this way, but when you looked at the numbers, it was pretty much Bill Self with a bullet over Jay Wright. But uh, now it's not even a conversation, right? And and I think what we said is you could even argue Self was on his own tier and then Jay Wright would be on his next tier and then the rest of the guys. Yeah. So if Jay Wright's gone, there's that means a there's big, a sizable gap. There's a big gap between Self and everybody else. Now, you do want to note that we are, um, you know, it's crazy how quickly things can change because when KU loses to Oregon, um, they... Our, you know, self is still a choke artist, and I'm I'm not saying this is how I felt. I'm saying mm-hmm. this is the storyline. When KU lost to Oregon, the storyline was self is still a choke artist, and he only got lucky that one time because Derrick Rose missed a free throw. He can't get over and the elite eight. Can't hump, get, right? but he still can't get past the elite eight hump. Um, and then the very next year, they 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 were a one seed, but they're an underdog to Duke. They get to the Final Four. Okay, well that starts backing up a little. 2020 comes, you feel like this is a real shot for him to get his second ring. Um, we all know what happened in 2020. Two years later, now it's it's the story is, well, sometimes those tough losses in the Elite Eight happen. He's got two national championships, and he's won his last two Elite Eight games. Um, so I, I think we're maybe just one or two tournaments away from a guy like Calipari being right there with him. But for the moment, it's self above everybody. Yeah, that's the thing. To your point, if John Calipari wins the title this next year, then it becomes a real conversation. I saw somebody say this, like, um, you know, if, if Self didn't just win his second title, then what are we talking about? But he did. 
Like that matters. Yeah, right? that's like, that's, what do we, what do you that's, mean? That's the, that's why I thought the the whole um, the whole the argument about oh, imagine if if Derrick Rose didn't make those free throws, he just got lucky. Yeah. Okay, fine. If you're gonna make that argument, he just got lucky to get that one national championship. Then you gotta say he got unlucky losing in some of those elites. Right. Right. You can't, and I'm not gonna say that. He, he I, look, luck and it balances luck, out. Luck was involved, in it, but it balances out in the long run. He gets credit for winning the national championship. He gets blame when they come up short in the tournament, and that's the job. But he, um, but yeah, to, to as far as who the best is right now, it's very clearly Bill Self. And I don't care how close the national championship game was. I care what the final score was. Yeah. And, by the way. Um, all the talk that was centered around is Villanova blue blood and what are the blue bloods headed into the final four? Yeah, that. Well, well, I know. I mean, I mean, honestly, like I, I view this as this to me is their big test. That's a good point. If ne- if if Neptune is it Kyle Neptune? I kept wanting to call him Kevin. I, I think know the last Kyle. name is Neptune because how could you forget that? But I have yeah, no idea what the I'm more apt to remember Uranus. <laughs> but um, the uh, but anyway, I think it's Kyle Neptune because I kept thinking it was Kevin. Regardless, yeah, it's Kyle. Um, who was at Fordham? His only year at Fordham, they went 16-16. and 16. Which, to be fair, they only won two but games the year before, so that is a pretty yeah, good turnaround, good, right? A, I didn't realize that. That's mm-hmm. a good – I didn't know that. That's a good stat. And then he – Long-time assistant. intimately familiar with not just Villanova, with the way things Jay Wright ran mm-hmm. at, at Villanova. And in Philadelphia. I think yeah. Fordham's in Philadelphia, right? I know it's back east okay. somewhere. But anyway, the, uh, I, but you're right. I mean, this could be one of those things where before Jay Wright, you had um, – Oh, I, 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 it's a sin Rolly to forget Rolly Massimino yeah. to win as an eight seed. Although, I'll say this, Rolly Massimino had good teams. It just happened to be the the year he broke through and got the title. He was an eight seed, which, funnily enough, was the first year's sixty four team tournament. The committee, the NCAA, must have been thinking that year, going, "What have we done?" I was going to say, <laughs> do you think going back they went, "What a great creation! Look what yeah. we did," or do you think they went, "Oh no, what <laughs> have we done?" <laughs> um, but anyway, so they had Massimino, but then all of a sudden, Jay Wright. Okay, now you've got two coaches who have won a national championship. That's something that Duke can't say. Uh, that's something that a lot of these big programs can't say. And to me, that's a test. That's why I put Kansas above Duke. In the in the tier of, of best college basketball programs, because Kansas has multiple coaches who have done it. Now with Duke, the guy right before Shashevsky did he want he got a runner up I think in seventy eight or seventy seven somewhere in there. So they had some level of success, but they never had won a national championship before K. The difference with Duke is their one guy happens to be probably the best guy to ever do it. But anyway, Villanova. This you're right. This is a big test for them. If if Neptune can get get it rolling and they win in you know and he's cutting down nets in 2026. If they're winning the Big East in 2024 and they're going to the Final Four in 2026 and winning a national championship, there's no you you can't even question Villanova's a blue blood. Yeah, I agree with that, and that's always been my thing. I want to see it sustained over you know a three coach span, for instance, which would be the case there. Uh, but on the flip side, if it doesn't work out, then I guess that makes sense. Now, they haven't always seeded the tournament. So, like, you know, there's the year Villanova went to the title game in uh, 1971, or they went in the, like, regional finals and so forth. Like, they were still good in the 60s and 70s. But it's interesting because they were never from when they started seeding the tournament. So, from, like, 19, I don't know, 79, 1980, something like that. I think I feel like 79 because I feel like it coincided with the Magic Larry final, but I could be wrong. That would make sense. So, from then on, 
they never got a top two seed until really? 2006 with Jay Wright. I didn't so, like this wasn't that. a basketball. They were, power they were a one seed in 06, right? Yes, they, they were. They were. Yeah, a one seed in uh, 06, and I don't know. That might have been with like Kyle Lowry or something. But um, I think that was the year that a dude. Um, I can't remember his name, but I feel like they, they had a, a player that year. Um, he got it, it was unintentional, but somebody's hand hit his eye, and it, his eye kind of popped out and popped oh, in. <laughs> that is disgusting. <laughs> it was gross. So the point is that there's enough history there that. They've had so much success with Jay Wright. They've been one of the best programs in the country, one of the top whatever you want to put in there over the last decade, maybe the last 15 years. Um, and they do have enough history that they've been good in other years, won a title in another year. But I, I think that for them to really cement that status, uh, they need it under one more coach, and, and now you have that opportunity. But again, like, would it be that surprising if in 10 years from now we're looking back and going, yeah, Villanova's just a fine team. And, and you think, and it's all about Jay Wright. Mm-hmm. You know what? It, it's back to... Massimino had that crazy run like with and, that, and that great story, mm-hmm. but it's all about Jay Wright. Exactly. Like Florida, Florida right now is still it's all know, Billy they're relevant. They're making the tournament. Yeah. Uh, they're, they, they'll win a game every now and then, but it was all Billy Donovan. Yeah. You know if, what I mean? if there's a year where Florida crops up and is a three seed, no one's going, wow, they came out of nowhere. You know, they're not Georgia, who is a, a, right. an atrocious basketball program. Um, but yeah, they're, they're certainly, you see, it's, it's the program is much more about Billy Donovan. Um, this is interesting because it's kind of um, you could draw a few parallels to Roy Williams getting hired at Kansas. Now there is a difference. The problem with the reason Roy Williams wound up at Kansas is because no head coaches wanted the job because Kansas was on probation at the time. Um, so they wound up with what turned out to be an outstanding assistant coach from North Carolina, and he, I will still argue. Roy Williams did more to enhance the tradition of KU basketball than Larry Brown did, even though Brown. Got the, got the final game, um, but my you know my point is you could draw comparisons because you're kind of replacing a super legendary coach, uh, a great coach, with this guy that as soon as the announcement or the the um, hire is is taking place, people are going who yeah Neptune, what, and and but if he you know if he shows out, then we'll see. Well, you know what else this is I think pretty prevalent for. I mean, uh, I know a lot of people have brought up the idea that, oh, you have all these great coaches getting out of the game right now with Coach K and Roy Williams and, and Jay Wright. Does it have something to do with the changing landscape? I don't think it does. Roy Williams and Mike Krzyzewski were just old. You can't group them together. I, I could Jay argue Wright with might Jay just Wright. Be happy. Well, you know I, mean? I could argue with Jay Wright. It might. I don't know this. And, but I want to be clear. If it does, then good for him because I want to be fair because I've spent a lot of time, and, and both of us have, and I think fairly, Spent a lot of time criticizing um, Dabo Sweeney for for whining about how things are. Bruce Weber for whining about how things are. And we've said, if you don't like it, you are a millionaire several times over. Stop doing it. If, mm. if you don't, you know, and Jay Wright, if that's the case. Now, it could just be that Jay Wright's like, look, I love basketball. I love coaching. I even love recruiting. But I also... You know, I, I also love the idea of being 60 and having $50 million. Yeah, I right. love that idea, too. And having my legacy. But if it indeed is one of those things where he's like, look, I don't want to deal with not just recruiting high school, but now I've got to convince my own players not to transfer. And if they do, well, then i got to keep an eye not just on the high school and AAU circuit. Now I've got to keep an eye on the college circuit to find out what transfers we can bring in. And if that is the case... Then good for him. He didn't. He's not whining about it. He's not saying, "Oh my God, this is unsustainable and ruining the game." He's just 
for whatever reason, he's saying, I'm in a position where I, this isn't what I want to be doing anymore. Yeah. So what I think is interesting, though, about this is that now you're looking at, like, it was it was one thing with North Carolina. You bring in Hubert Davis, who was an internal hire. Now Kyle Neptune, he's not technically an internal hire because he spent a year at Fordham, but he was uh, an assistant coach at Villanova for eight years prior to this past year at Fordham. I, um, I wonder how much of this was discussed before he took the Fordham job. Yeah, yeah. It it, uh, it might have been. It might have been, you know, go, go get your uh, coaching, you know, thing started, and, and who knows, maybe it was a plan. Um, with Coach K, you make the internal hire of John Shire. That seems to be the way these big schools are going. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. Um, if you would have asked North Carolina fans during the regular season, they would have said, yeah, we're not totally keen on this hire. <laughs> but if you ask them now or a couple weeks ago, they're going, oh, yeah, right? this is great. And we'll see what happens with Duke. They seem to be recruiting at a high level. Again, we'll see what happens here. It's interesting, though, because when you compare that to Kansas, and, and I have no idea how long Bill Self's going to last. There was, you know, uh, whatever, like five, ten years ago, there was that ESPN article of him saying, I can't envision myself being one of those guys who coaches must pass him 60. Then there was the quote like a year or two ago where he said, now that I'm getting closer to 60, Feels, I, yeah. I, I feel so much younger and, and I don't see that being an issue and I could coach so much longer. Yep. But also if he was on the J Wright plan, I don't know. Um, I do think that I will, I'll just add this in. I do believe that Bill Self very much cares about the standing of the program and, and the legacy where he leaves it to where, I do think the NCAA stuff, he wants to see it all through. He wants to get KU out on the other side and be have KU be where they are now on the other side of the NCAA stuff. So I do think that'll play into the timeline where I wouldn't expect that to happen. But again, it you know, you, you never know when a guy um, wants to, to hang him up and, and when that, that comes. But no assistants on the KU current staff are like that young guy that you're yeah. like, yeah, we're grooming him to be the head coach. They're all guys who, you know, like Curtis Townsend, former head coach, and and he's uh, where was Townsend head coach at? Uh, gosh, I know Norm Roberts was. I might be confusing that with Norm Roberts. I think was at like St. Joseph's. Regardless, yeah, he was at uh, Norm Roberts was at St. John's though. And, okay, yeah, St. John's, um, not St. Joseph's. Um, you, you could say, you know what, if if Bill Self stays till he's seventy, you could say Jeremy Case. <laughs> yeah, I I but guess. Here's the thing, I I agree completely. But another difference, like I I'm really uh, big on Eric Musselman, and there's a point I want to make about Self that I hope I don't forget. But real quick about the next hire, when when Roy left, it was I always I'll say this to to really illustrate how obvious it was to hire Bill Self. Bill they hired Kansas hired Bill Self without an AD. It was obviously the next blue blood to open is going to Bill Self. Had Roy said no to North Carolina a second time in 03, Bill would have gone to North Carolina. I'm certain of it. Um, when Kentucky got rid of uh, Billy Gillespie, it was it was certain. It was Cal. It was, there was no other option. It was Cal. What do you need? How are we going to get you to say yes? There, there is Muscleman is doing some good things. Nate Oates, it, it, it looks to be doing That's something. That's my guy. Um, but so there are these guys that, that have had, but there's no just absolute no. stud. Um, what I want, which say, maybe there doesn't have to be, because again, true. this could not happen for five to ten years, well, and the landscape and I could be totally add, different. And that's why I want to add with self. I agree completely. I do think um, there is a big part of self, and I think especially in like 2019 when things were maybe frustrating and they were, you know, Gerald Vick stuff, and there's this and that. I do agree completely that um, he wants to see this program through the NCAA thing. But I think now he's looking at it going, I made a Final Four during this NCAA investigation. I made another Final Four during this investigation and won my second championship. 
And now he might be looking at it going, dude, I could get to four national titles right now. If I if I stay till I'm 70, I could get to I could get to four more than Roy. Like that may be I don't know this. That may be on his mind. Um, but I do it is worth noting, and if you're a KU fan, I know through the twenty tens it was all about, hey, if you're a KU fan, look for Roy to me or look for self to maybe get tempted by the NBA. And I will say this, I don't I wouldn't predict it to happen, but I there's a I and I can't say I would blame him if self says, you know, this is not what I thought it was you know, this is not what I signed up for. Um the you know percentage of the job that I have to that makes me unhappy that I just deal with because I love the job that's now outweighing the parts that I love I don't have to coach anymore I'm done he might say that now again I think it's also possible I had somebody and I don't want to say who but at one point I asked them about the lure of the NBA they worked within the program and I said and, and it, I said, what do you think about self and the potential lure of the NBA? And he said, well, you know, he, he loves he loves the idea, and he lo- you know, but they said he loves recruiting. And if that's true, you know, it, it's, it could be possible that he's excited about the direction of things are going. And I do want to add, and I know we got to get to a break, it's it, one huge advantage that self has. It's Villanova had established itself primarily because of Jay Wright. NIL... People were the NIL possibilities. I think are way better at Kansas than than Villanova. And maybe I'm looking at that through red and blue lenses, but I, I think no, the, I think that's I accurate. Think the NIL possibilities school, are dude. way better here than they are in, in Villanova at a small school in a giant city with pro teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I echo everything you just said, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see the direction of that. But that with the head coaching thing and and you know grooming that next assistant, who knows? That could be. Years and years and years down the road, who knows? Uh, maybe he does see this and says, you know, I've won my second title now and I'm happy. But Peace. given that it is the lifetime contract and given that there is certain, I guess, details in that contract about staying on staff and staying on salary, essentially, even if there is like a show cause penalty, that tells me he's committed for the long haul. And like I said, I have a hard time believing that Bill Self doesn't, at the very least, want to see through this NCAA stuff and make sure that Kansas comes out of it on the other end in the best possible situation because I I think he cares about the university that much that he wants to leave them in really good standing for whoever is next after him. He's Adam Dravetta. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Truck Sports Talk on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Ali Trost of Sporting KC is going to join us at about 340 here. More RCST trivia, four matchups starting up in the 4 o'clock hour. We're out early today at 520, at least we're supposed to be. We'll see if the uh, weather cooperates, but we're supposed to have an LHS softball game at 530 with pregame starting at 520 again if the weather is willing by then. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the Best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com. And we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. About half past three, we're going to be joined in about 15 minutes right now by Ali Trost of Sporting KC. With Adam Dravetta, I'm Derek Johnson here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We've also got more RCST trivia coming up at the 
top of the 4 o'clock hour. RCST is brought to you by T-Mobile. T-Mobile expanded their nationwide 5G network to now cover over 80% of Americans. And in just a few years, it could be up to 99% of Americans. Switch today to T-Mobile and receive an iPhone 13. So um, our daily poll for today, I guess, first of all, I should uh, I don't know, recap, mention the final results from the daily poll yesterday, which the question for yesterday, who's your early pick to start at center for KU next season? And uh, winning the vote at 52%, Zach Clements, so the favorite there, is almost even 23% for Unis Uday, 19% for KJ Adams, and then 6% saying other. I think I, I wound up on the side of Zach Clements, option number one, option number two, Ernest Uday, but option number three would be the transfer portal. I, I'm a big KJ Adams guy. I just, I honestly, I view KJ Adams next year having a better shot to start at the four, dependent what happens with Jalen Wilson. I could also, I agree. And then I could, I don't know how he is ball handling wise, but he could also be a four that you could find a mismatch in if you post him up. It just depends what his post work is, because yeah, he's he's not going to post him up against six ten center. But to no, your point, if he's in at the four, four, you know, and he's playing against uh, another six six wing or something, yeah. or a six like. I mean, we saw a perfect example. Now Christian Brown wasn't a four, but we saw a perfect example of what you can do when you post up when you bring your big man out out far and post up a little guy on a, a, a not a little guy but a non center on a non center. Christian Brown got points in the second half on that in the national title game. Yeah, it just kind of depends because I think he was posted up on their their shooting guard there. Um, yeah, you got to draw a mismatch, right? So you need to but find if you a play team a team that, that switches, switches something. Yeah, switches right? on screens. Okay, our daily poll for today: over under one and a half more national titles for Bill Self. Options: over or under. I would have I would have said over. Now again, I'm basically caught up in the glow of um, the of title this year. <sighs> I probably would have. I think one and a half is the perfect place to put it because you really could have that debate. I think, bef- I think now I would probably lean over, but I do want to leave open the possibility that ne- not necessarily this year, but maybe when he's sixty-five, he retires, and will he get two more in the next five? Again, I don't know that that'll happen. I'm just I'm saying right now that before when you said. You know what? What's preventing him, or what's going to be in his way? It would be like okay, Calipari, Jay Wright, um, the uh, Nate Oates, um, Eric Musselman. Like these, it's other coaches in his way. Now Jay Wright's gone, and I think Bill Self is the lead dog right now. Um, so for that, I would say over. But I also think something I hadn't factored in was he could also retire sometime in the next but you know five to seven years which is also again i'm not saying it'll happen but i'm saying when you're thinking when you're thinking about this over under it's a, it's something to factor in somebody just responded <laughs> hell yeah bill gonna get him a third natty but that doesn't answer the question so you think under so you think under i math is hard especially when you're counting on one hand um Anyway, so could that person be saying an under? I don't know. I don't know. If you're saying he's going to get a third, no. But he's so enthusiastic that it makes him sound like he's saying, "Yeah, he's going to get over. He's going to get his third, and then he's he's going to hell yeah, he's getting the under." Yeah. It's like what? Well, whatever. Uh, Anyway, um, 
Matt Llewellyn just texted me, and this is I, we need to hold him to this. Okay, put a marker in this. All right, save this. I do whatever you want with it. If Bill Self is here after sixty-five, free beers for the city. Six more. I don't know years, if that's legal. Man. First of all, obviously it's a joke, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But man, that's. I no, I think I think like it's tough because you could convince me that it could just be three or four more years. Yeah, I you know. could also convince me it could be twelve. Ten, you know yeah, what I mean? 10 or 12. And that's that's probably the hardest part of this poll is you're not playing with that's a the, direct end. If you result, could get you know? if, if we said one and a half, but we guarantee he'll be here for twelve more years, I think a lot more people right. stay over. Well, and it'd be easy too to say, well, it took fourteen years between the first and the second. Yeah. So even if it is twelve more years, I'd still take the under. And uh, to be honest, I would lean under because I think I think one is the right number that I'm looking at just because of like I said, it's hard to win a title, man. It is so hard that uh, you could you could win one more in the next eight years, and that's a resounding success. It's just it, it's that hard. I, just, I think when you look at the best years for Roy and the best years for Kay, but yeah, they stack together, right? And and Bill is just coming into that decade of yeah. his life. It comes I, into I, a, a big run. I've said, and I said after, um, I said to you after the win over Duke, and in, I said I think Kansas is. Pri- I mean, I, I I said I think Kansas is prime for a a lot of multiple. Like back, like, like runs of like four or five Final Fours, you know, like four Final Fours in six years, six years, you know, seven years, that sort of. St- like, I, I think they're primed for runs like for a run like that. I think it's coming. I think Bill Self is is everything that happened against him in the Elite Eight is going to turn, and I think they're about to peel off. I th- I could see them peeling off a really not like Duke in the '90s where they made whatever it was seven out of nine years or something stupid. Um I think yeah. I think this next ten years, if he's here for ten years, I think it could be. Yeah, I, I think it could be four Final Fours and two more titles. Yeah, I um, okay. Let's just say I gave you ten more years, which I would honestly, if you just for the year amount, if you said over under nine and a half, I'd probably say the under for the years. Just I think that's the safer bet. But again, you don't know. He he might want to coach longer. Um, if let's say it was gave ten me more his years. Money right now, I would. You would not see me again. <laughs> if um. If I gave you the option over the next 10 years, hmm, five Final Fours and one title, or over the next 10 years, you only get two Final Fours, but both are titles. Which well, one do you take? i probably take the titles. Yeah. There's fewer trips to Mass Street, I guess. <laughs> I know. I, I would like the titles. I, th- I, I feel, I think, the o- right now the only thing, that in my mind keeps KU solidly in third. I think KU still is in third behind Kentucky at first and Carolina at second in all-time best college basketball programs, men's college basketball programs. Um, and I, I think the only thing preventing them is that KU is what, now four and six in title games? They've made, they've made they're on par with making just as many... Right. They've made they're on par with making just as many as these other programs. They just haven't won as many. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you can get me that, if you can get that to six and six and, and two more titles, and now Kansas is sitting pretty with six ba- well six NCAA banners. Um, yeah, I would love that. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Okay, so if I because you're taking the over here, correct? I'm leaning over, okay. yeah, because I really like I said, I the to me it's less about 
could he do it? And it's more about will he stay long enough to do it? Okay, well then let me let me make this um, little, I don't know, I guess amendment to uh, what I'm going to ask you. If I could guarantee you, not not for the totality of his career. Uh, who knows? Maybe this will be the totality of his career, but you don't know. If I guaranteed you one Bill Self title in the next five years, would you take it or roll the dice? Oh, no, I'd take that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd take that. Because when you look at, like, Krzyzewski, he had his back-to-backs, but then he waited for the others. It took him nine years to win his third. It took him another nine years to win his second. And it took him another five years and Wisconsin shooing Kentucky out of the way to get his to get his his next one. Well, you know what? Now that you bring that up with the back to backs, that's kind of interesting because you have um, North Carolina didn't win back to backs, but they went to back to back title games. Duke, oh, 16, 17, yeah, that's right. with Roy uh, K. Did he win back to backs? Ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, is that right? No, no, no. Ninety one, ninety two. Okay, won back to backs. I think you went to three straight though. Because I can't remember. Seven I can't, of nine. I can't remember if it was the final four. The national. No, it went to four straight. It went to four straight. No, no, I'm not saying final four. Oh, I'm okay. saying title games. Um, I, I can't remember if it was um, in 1990, if it was the title game or the final four, but in one of those games, they got absolutely destroyed by the running Rebels of UNLV. The next year, they come back and upset an undefeated running Rebels team in the final four and then ultimately beat Kansas for the title. And then he goes back and, and beats Michigan in 92. So basically what I'm saying is Kansas back to the title game? Question mark this year? <laughs> Book it? <laughs> Tight. <laughs> All right. He's Adam Dravetta. I'm Derek Johnson. Ali Trost going to join us next. Talk some sporting KC with us on the other side. This is Rock Truck Sports Talk on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN and KLWN.com. Depend on it. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk here on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, KLWN.com, and the KLWN app with Adam Dravetta. I am Derek Johnson. Sporting KC, uh, SKC 2, I should probably mention, on the road this weekend, but Sporting KC, the top team, is back at home over at Children's Mercy Park in the Legends area in Kansas City, Kansas. They are taking on uh, Columbus, the Columbus Crew. 7.30 is when that one gets going and uh, you can find tickets to that one at seatgeek.com so uh, if you're looking for something to do this weekend what better than go to a sporting kc game it's always a good time going out there we're joined now by ali trost who is a reporter and covers sporting kc is on the broadcast for uh sporting kc and so forth uh to talk uh, about this game and and so far how the season has gone for the team you know, this week was was an interesting week with uh, Peter Vermees. He had some pretty strong words about the uh, defense of the team and maybe some frustrations mounting without scoring on one end. But uh, in his mentality, it's you know it shouldn't matter what we score. Let's hold them to zero. And, and worst case scenario, you're getting a point out of it. Um, are, are you envisioning a strong response on that end on the defensive end next up for for Sporting? Yeah, I mean, number one, I, I think this is a really competitive group. I mean, these these are all professional athletes, right? They want to win. They want to get better. No one hates losing more than the guys on the field, you know, suffering those losses. So I do think you'll see a strong response this week. And, you know, with the team in their last two performances on the road against LAFC and then at home against Nashville, they weren't all 
bad. You know, there, there were a lot of positive moments in both of those games, but ultimately it just comes down to a few key moments, and that's just the game of soccer, right? So, so I think that there are some positives to build on from those results, but you know, you're back at home now for Sporting Kansas City this weekend. They have a second uh, home game again the following weekend, so no better place or time to try and start building some of that confidence and kind of riding the ship after two poor results and some goals conceded, you know, especially in that Nashville game off of two set pieces after going up a goal that, you know, the team certainly wants to tighten up. That's where a lot of Peter Bermuda's frustration, I think, comes from. But, you know, I know he got a lot of flack for those comments online, but I, I wouldn't say that his message was necessarily that, um, you know, that one goal is enough. You know, th- this team, going back to last season, they were winning multiple goal games throughout pretty much the course of the entire year. So I, I wouldn't say that he was saying that goal, scoring goals doesn't matter. I think his message was more that, hey, if you do go up a goal and if things aren't fully clicking in the final third around net, as they really haven't been for Sporting Kansas City so far early on this season, as they were uh, last year and in seasons past, then you got to be able to grind out a 1-0 result. Um, you have to be able to grind out those games where the goals aren't falling and that's where the defensive side I think comes into the equation here he wants to see a stronger defensive mentality not just from the back four but every single player on the field and and of course set pieces is a big one that was you know what really angered him in that Nashville SC loss at home the other week was that sporting jumped out to that early lead and then then gave up two set piece goals um, to, to fall two to one. So I think that's where it really kind of comes into play. Some of that messaging from Peter Vermees, but look, it's still very early in the season. I know it doesn't necessarily feel that way because, you know, we, we've seen a, a good sample size of games here. We're about 20% of the season, uh, you know, underway, but it's still a lot of times sporting's dealt with a lot of injuries, a lot of inconsistencies in terms of lineup. Um, just give it a little bit of time. But the number one thing, in my opinion, is that the confidence cannot drop. This team has to stick together. They have to weather the storm together because as soon as you start kind of dealing with players, um, Losing confidence individually, collectively as a team, that's where it gets harder and harder to dig yourselves out of that hole. So I think for Sporting Kansas City, that's the key right now. And what better way to build confidence than with two back-to-back home games and opportunity, like I said, to really right the ship. And they've been excellent at home up until that loss to Nashville SC. They they earned two one nil results back to back at home. They've had a hard time on the road, but at home so far this season is where they have been pretty solid defensively with the clean sheets and offensively, like I said, it's still kind of taking some time to come together. Um, but I, I do think that once some goals kind of start maybe falling sporting's way, the floodgates will open. Yeah. And as you, you know, watch this team and, and cover this team and everything, um, as far as the goal scoring, is this something where, you know, it feels like the opportunities have been there. They're just not finding the back of the net for whatever reason, or is this something where that is kind of, uh, I don't know, something that they're generally trying to, to work on at a high level of just creating more of those opportunities? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both, right? Um, I, I think in some games, the chances have been there for sporting. They just haven't been able to maybe get as lucky around goal or to be as clinical in their finishing. You know, the second half of that Nashville game is a good example where sporting did create some really good chances and not just create chances, but some high quality ones at that. They just weren't able to find the back of the net. You know, Nashville's keeper kind of stood on his head a little bit. Uh, so you have to give him some credit for his performance. But, you know, then again, you got to be a little bit more clinical and you have to, to have um, 
that that final touch around goal. So I think that was an example where they created chances, just weren't able to finish. And then there have been some games where they haven't created enough chances. And of course, in the game of soccer, you got to create chances oftentimes to uh, to find the back of the net at a you know at a greater rate than just one goal a game, which is really the most that Sporting Kansas City scored so far this season. They haven't had a single game win or loss where they've put up multiple goals. So you know, I, I'd say it's a combination of the two things. Um, and of course, the other factor in this is that they're missing a couple of their most important players up top. Striker Alan Polito is out likely for the entire season uh, due to an off-season knee surgery that he had to undergo uh, to do a lot of repairment. And, you know, he's probably not going to be back uh, for, for the entirety of the year. And then midfielder Gotti Kinda, who is a big part of, of what sporting likes to do going forward. He's been out for longer than anticipated after undergoing knee surgery in the offseason as well. So missing those two players in addition to new players kind of coming into the mix and other injuries suffered for short and some longer periods of time, I think has made it really hard to kind of find that consistency. And look, the other thing too is Peter Vermees always says, that's really the last piece of the puzzle to really come together. That, you know, firing from all cylinders uh, kind of approach that we've seen um, with, with Sporting Kansas City's attack in the past, that takes some time to, to really build, and it's not something that you can always just accomplish in preseason. It's going to take some consistency and, and um, you know, things like that in the, uh, in the first half of the season as well. So, I think the goals are going to come, but the, the injuries and inconsistencies that we've seen so far, and then just, you know, building towards that, uh, which is going to be the case most seasons anyway, it, it just hasn't It's resulted in what we've seen so far. But, you know, they're working towards it. Daniel Shallowy even said uh, on Tuesday during his media availability that, you know, he scored in the season opener this year and last year. And he went back and looked to see when he scored that second goal. And it wasn't until I think he said the sixth match of 2021. So he's a little behind right now, but you know, he, he acknowledged that, you know, sometimes it's hard to remember that, you know, even players like Daniel Shallowy and Johnny Russell, who didn't score his first goal last year until July 4th, Again, not making you know excuses here, but it's just those things kind of can take some time. And Sporting Kansas City certainly not out uh, of any sort of playoff race at all just yet. You see teams in MLS a lot of times get hot over the summer, going into the fall, and making really strong playoff runs as a result. So that's not the team that Sporting Kansas City wants to be. They want to be uh, a winner consistently throughout the course of an entire season, but. All of that to say there's a lot of reason to have optimism and a lot of reason to have hope because they they are not out of anything just yet. It's very early on. Well, Sporting KC takes on Columbus Saturday night, 7.30. You can get your tickets at SeatGeek.com for that home match there. Uh, what are some of the biggest keys that you think could determine this individual match coming up uh, in a couple of days? Yeah, well, this Columbus team, much like Sporting Kansas City, has really struggled uh, in recent games in terms of finding the back of the net. They haven't scored a goal in their last three games. Uh, that was after getting out to a much better start, but they've been struggling as of late. They're trying to uh, to kind of find that missing piece and are looking to hopefully have this game against Sporting Kansas City be that bounce-back game, much like Sporting Kansas City looking for this game to be a bounce-back game after a, a pair of losses. So uh, I think that's, you know, a big key is just 
you know, the mentality that each team kind of comes out with in this game. They, they're both going to be fighting for a lot, and I, I think it's going to make for some really good soccer. Uh, you know, another key is Lucas Celerayan, who's the attacking mid for the Columbus crew. He is one of the most dangerous players in the league off set pieces. Going back to 2019, he scored the most direct goals from free kicks. Only second to him is none other than Johnny Russell. So that's going to be something to watch for Sporting Kansas City. They struggled defending set pieces when Nashville was in town. So they don't want to be giving Columbus any sort of set piece opportunities in dangerous areas. So limiting fouls in dangerous areas. And then if they do defending those set pieces really well, I think it's going to be key. Um, another one is Marino's John East, new player for Sporting Kansas City, uh, acquired during the offseason. He didn't get to spend any preseason time with Sporting Kansas City in Arizona. Um, he kind of, you know, baptism by fire a little bit, got thrown into the mix. He's been acclimating in recent weeks, but he brings some really – um, interesting skill sets to the attack for Sporting Kansas City. He's not an exact equivalent to Dottie Kinda by any means, but he has a lot of that ability that I think Sporting Kansas City is missing going forward. And this week, Daniel Shallowy said that against LAFC, where Johnny started as the lone attacking midfielder, that number 10 role, um, Daniel said he really liked what he brought. He was turning guys left and right, was you know providing a lot of you know dynamic. Um, just speed and connectivity going forward, which they've kind of been missing. And Shallowy said that they, you know, looking back, wish they could have got him the ball even more. So I'm interested to see if he starts this weekend and if he does, how they look to incorporate him in the attack. And if that can be part of that missing piece to the puzzle for Sporting Kansas City to start scoring some goals. So I think Johnny's will be a key in this game, whether he comes off the bench or is in the starting lineup, just because of, of how he could really start building with the front three uh, playing kind of underneath them as an attacking midfielder. But his, his best position, according to the technical staff, is out on the left wing. That's what he's traditionally played. Um, but if they can make him into a, a quality attacking midfielder, that might be uh, what Sporting Kansas City needs them to be, at least until Gotti Kinda comes back. You mentioned uh, several players there as, as key players for the game. And, and for everything that we've kind of talked about here with you know, looking to score more goals and looking to kind of add that that mindset and mentality of the defensive ruggedness on that end. Well, whether it's it's one of those things or just from a leadership on on the pitch type of thing, um, is there a player that you look at for Sporting KC to kind of turn this around that that has to really pick it up and has to kind of uh, spearhead that effort for the team? Well, I I think the natural guy to look to is Captain Johnny Russell. I mean, he went on an absolute tear for sporting last season, um, especially after he did get that first goal in July. I mean, he became a really consistent um, just goal scorer for them up top and was certainly, you know, the key for them in, in getting into the playoffs, him and Daniel Shallowy both. So I think looking at those guys on the wings, I mean, when you don't have Alan Polito, when you don't have Gotti Kinda, those are the two guys that you look for uh, to score goals. And so I think for, for Sporting Kansas City, the key to kind of turn things around here, and, and especially on the offensive side, is going to be those guys. So I, I think that's, that's really the, the first answer that I think of to that question. But, of course, you know, the defensive mentality, like Peter Vermees was talking about, um, you know, that's got to come too. But, but really both, both things kind of work together, you know. If you're scoring goals and things are clicking up top, that helps the defense play better. And if the defense is making stops left and right, that helps the offense play better. So, you know, you just got to start building that confidence. And that comes with 
positive actions in a game that comes with positive results, getting clean sheets, um, grinding out one nil results, scoring multiple goals a game. All of those things help build that confidence that you need to then be the team that you want to be going into the playoffs. She is Allie Trost, reporter with Sporting KC. You can hear her on the broadcast of the game. Of course, you can go out to the uh, game tickets at SeatGeek.com for Sporting KC at home against Columbus at 7.30 on Saturday. Allie, appreciate you hopping on, taking some time out of your day. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right, that was Allie Trost of Sporting KC. Joining us here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Again, you can get tickets to that game, SeatGeek.com, Sporting KC playing at home over against Columbus on Saturday night at 7.30. We'll have some more tickets to give away uh, for the next Sporting KC2 home match here at Rock Chalk Park down the road. But on the road uh, this weekend is Sporting KC2. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. One hour down, two to go. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the Best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com, and we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. We're back for another day of trivia here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk, FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. With Adam Dravetta, I'm Derek Johnson. RCST Trivia is brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery. Our title sponsor as well, they have dine-in, carry-out, catering all available from the outdoor patio to enjoy the warm weather. You can try the Bill Self mac and cheese, the Haney turkey stack, or any of the great menu items. Most likely, though, it's not try, it's eat it again, right? You know, we've all been to the brewery. We all love the food. And don't forget about the 23rd Street Brewery beer, which you can get to go as well with their Crowlers. Kirk Geeser State Farm, if you're looking for home insurance, car insurance, just some financial advice, give Kurt and his team a call. McDonald's of Lawrence, where, uh, I mean, you know what McDonald's is. I don't need to explain that. Mr. D's Auto Wash as well, if you uh, need a car wash. CBD of Lawrence for all your CBD needs, and uh, you can get free shipping online. They have a perks program. Home Field Apparel, really comfy. KU gear and other collegiate gear as well. Pella Windows and Doors can help you with your remodeling project in your home with their windows, their doors, and all their turnkey stuff. RockChalk.io is where you can get Jayhawk NFTs and buy, sell, and trade with with other KU fans. Jayhawk Trophy for all your trophy needs and Hawaiian Bros for delicious food. All right. Uh, our winners today and all our winners of first-round matchups, moving on to the second round, get a RCST Trivia t-shirt. They also get a $25 gift card to the 23rd Street Brewery. Every round you advance, you get another $25 gift card to the 23rd Street Brewery from the Bill Self Mac and Cheese to a Crimson Fog or Wave the Wheat to wash it down. Our first matchup of the day. We've got the three-seed Alex Stilley and the 14-seed Michael Darnell out of the East Region. So, Michael, this is your first appearance in RCST Trivia. How would you categorize your KU fandom? Um, do you feel like you have a, a certain level of, of expertise in one era, maybe over the other? Yeah, I would probably say I really got hooked at, with the Jayhawks starting around the 2002 season. Just the excitement of, uh, you know, Drew Gooden and that whole group. Uh, my parents were big Jayhawks basketball fans, and so I just really got wrapped up into that. And ever since then, I've been just like I've just been I've been just like them, just uh, watching every game closely and getting real into it. Well, your opponent is the three seed Alex Stilley. Alex, this is your 
third appearance in this event. You've gone to back-to-back sizzling 16s, and I'm sure that's the goal this year, break through that round to get to the grade eight. But uh, you've gone 18-3 and three on trivia questions, so uh, a real good track record for you in the past. Are you doing anything differently here in, in year three, or is it just – you know, kind of do the same process. You're trusting that process and just hoping for a little more in the results. Uh, I would say maybe a little less preparation this year, just a little more back because last last year I've been college. So I had a little more time to focus on this than now with work. It's been a little bit of a challenge, but I'm, I'll be ready. All right. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and get the music rolling here. And for you, Michael, you're the lower seed is the 14. Would you rather go first or would you rather go second? I'll go second. All right, so Michael's going to go second. Alex, that means you are up first. We're going to get into our really easy round of questions. Alex, what year in school was K.J. Adams this past season? Freshman. That is correct. K.J. Adams was a freshman this past season. Okay, Michael, for you, what year in school was Zach Clements this past season? freshman he also was a freshman and who knows might be the starting center next year i guess we'll just have to uh wait and see okay that was real easy now we're going to get to the easy column for you alex prior to this past season when was ku's last national championship victory 2008 yep 2008 who can forget the comeback win over memphis okay michael prior to 2008 what was KU's most recent national championship victory? 1988. Yep, Danny and the Miracles. And uh, some quick answers, some easy ones. You guys knocked them right out of the park. Okay, now things are going to get a little more difficult. We get to the medium round of things. This one for you, Alex. Kansas had two All-Big 12 third-team picks voted on by the coaches this past season. Name one of the two. Christian Brown. Unfortunately, Christian Brown was a second-team pick by the coaches. Ochag Baji was a first-team pick. All right, Michael, here's your chance for the 14-3 upset. After four players earned All-Big 12 first, second, or third team, this player became the fifth Jayhawk to earn honors by receiving All-Big 12 honorable mention. I'm going to say David McCormick. Now, David McCormick or Jalen Wilson were the third team answers. Dewan Harris was the honorable mention answer. All right, we'll stick around in the medium round. This back to you, Alex. Mitch Lightfoot has played one opposing school on three separate occasions in the NCAA tournament. The most he's played anyone in the NCAA tournament. One of those meetings came this past season. What school was that? Villanova. That is correct. Mitch Lightfoot played Villanova three times in the NCAA tournament, 2016, 2018, and now 2022 when he got his first win against Villanova in the uh, NCAA tournament. Okay, for you, Michael, back on February 7th, This Big 12 opponent defeated Kansas for the third consecutive time in head-to-head meetings. Uh, 
About 10 seconds. I'm going to say Texas Tech. If you would have dropped the Tech, you would have had it right. The correct answer was Texas. Oh. Texas beat Kansas for a third straight time. They beat them twice last year, and then they beat them down in Austin in a game that KU, quite honestly, should not have lost, but they did. And uh, that'll do it for our first trivia matchup of the day. So, Michael, you fall short there, and uh, uh, it seems like one that when you heard the answer, uh, you're going to be kicking yourself about that one tonight. Yeah, yeah, I immediately remember remember that. I mean, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not much else you can say but that. Alex, uh, you had a a moment of uh uh-oh there when you missed the first of of your medium round, but ended up getting another shot and uh, got the win. Um, what do you think of, of this appearance? Uh, are you just happy to get by and, and survive in advance? Uh, definitely happy to survive in advance, but uh, definitely going to be try to prepare a little more for the next round because they're a little shaky to start. Well, you got the win. You're getting a $25 gift card to 23rd Street Brewery and an RCST Trivia t-shirt. Guys, we appreciate you uh, being part of RCST Trivia this year. Alex, we'll see you next week. Thank you. That was our 314 matchup. Alex Stilly, who, like I said, been to back to back sizzling 16s, but a little rusty to start there. Got the win again, survive in advance. And now he's one win away from going back there. And uh, Michael making his first RCST trivia appearance as well. RCST trivia is brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Kirk Geyser State Farm, McDonald's of Lawrence, Homefield Apparel, CBD of Lawrence, Pella Windows and Doors, RockChalk.io, Jayhawk Trophy, and Hawaiian Bros, your title sponsor, 23rd Street Brewery. Our second matchup of the day comes up on the other side. We've got another 314. It'll be Kyle Martin taking on Eli Loney out of the Midwest. Will the storylines continue with Kyle and, and Andrew and um I guess still have the opportunity of those two meeting in the sizzling 16, or will Eli pull an upset in that 314 matchup? Find out on the other side. With Adam Dravetta, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, KLWN.com, KLWN app, or later in the future on the best of RCST podcast. Second trivia matchup of the day, and it's our second 314 matchup. We've got Kyle Martin taking on Eli Loney out of the Midwest, and the 14th seed is Eli, who uh, 0-1 in his one trivia appearance in the past. What have you learned from your past trivia endeavors, or endeavor, I guess I should say, and uh, have you done anything differently in preparation for this go-around, Eli? Uh, well, honestly, this, this go-around, I've studied less, and this time I'm going <laughs> to trust my gut a little bit more. Hey, sometimes you, you overstudy. There's finding that that line between studying enough and and you know not trying to overdo it. Um, so Kyle, you're the three seed here, and and you've been to back to back sizzling sixteens, and that was the case for our other three seed who went earlier today. So this year, trying to break through, trying to go another round further, trying to make it to the grade eight um, this year, and and to to ventures beyond. Um, have you done anything differently in preparation this year? Well, Derek, we know uh, we know the storyline, right? We know the the Andrew Filer storyline. We've brought in some people that are uh, part of my community, but I've added one person to my RCS trivia community, and that is Isaac Henderson. Mm. So Isaac and I have been studying together uh, because Filer can't seem to uh, manage his schedule. So uh, Isaac's been helping me out. I've been helping him, I hope, and uh, we'll see if it pays off this year. Well, we had uh, another guy go, yes. Bad luck today because – I uh, played Andrew last year, so yep. going against the same wall. Yeah, well, uh, we'll see. Certainly it seems like 
I don't know. Maybe there's bad blood now with Andrew and Kyle not studying together. Andrew just took out Kyle's wife of the tournament. Like, who knows? Maybe maybe there's something going on there. I, I love that, though. I love that we have contestants studying together. Um, we had, I think, Jim on yesterday, and he, and he said he's studied with you guys, too. Um, I love that. We're bringing people together. We're, we're making friendships, but uh, maybe, who knows? We'll see if uh, a little bit of Isaac with his past success can rub off onto Kyle here, who has had a lot of success on his own. So, Eli, you are the uh, 14 seed here, so you have the option. Would you rather go first or go second? We're going first this time. Okay, Eli went second last time. This time he's going first. That means the first really easy question is to you. Name the University of Kansas school team name. As in the mascot? Yep. We're going to go with Jayhawks. Yes, sir. Jayhawks, that is the correct answer. So, Kyle, first one to you. Name one of the two KU mascots, so specifically the guys wearing the costumes. What are one of those two called? Go with uh, Big J. Yeah, Big J or Baby J would have been the answer. Honestly, if you just said J, I might have given you the answer, but anyway. Okay, on to easy. This one for you, Eli. Leading the 2007 to 2008 Kansas team in total minutes played was this guard who wore the number 15. I'm going to go with Mario Chalmers. That is correct. Mario Chalmers. We had somebody miss out earlier. Didn't know what jersey number Mario Chalmers wore, so you seem to know he wore 15. So that's good for you there. All right, Kyle, for you. Leading the 2013-2014 Kansas team in total minutes played was this freshman phenom who wore the number 22. Andrew Wiggins. That is correct. Andrew Wiggins donned the number 22 after uh, Marcus Morris before him. Okay, on to the medium round of questions. Back to you, Eli. Kansas has three McDonald's All-Americans committed to their team for this upcoming season, so the 2022-23 season. Name one. I'm going to go Grady Dick. That's right. How could you forget a name like Grady Dick? The other answers were MJ Rice and Ernest Uday. Okay, for you, Kyle. Kansas... The last time they had three McDonald's All-Americans prior to this class was 2018. Name one of those three players. We'll go with uh, go with my dad, Big Dave, Dave McCormick. That's right. David McCormick was a part of that. Um, Devon Dotson probably had the best individual career. He was a second-team All-American. Quentin Grimes and uh, David McCormick, who ended up maybe being the most impactful of the group because Dotson didn't end up getting an NCAA tournament. Um, so that was a little unfortunate for him. All right, we're going to turn up the mood a little, get to the intense music as we get on to our hard round of questions. This is where champions are made. For you, Eli, in their 64-59 to Elite Eight loss to Villanova, one Kansas player in the 2016 Elite Eight, made five of the team's six three-pointers. What player did that en route to 17 points? Let's think it through here. You said the 2016 team? Yes, sir. 2016 Elite Eight lost to Villanova. He made five of the six team's three-pointers, and he had 17 points. 
believe. Ten seconds. Devontae Graham. That is correct. Devontae Graham is the answer. Five of the team's six threes. If just somebody else could get going, who knows? Maybe they're hanging another banner in 2016. Okay, for you, Kyle, to stay alive, Eli, a strong 14 seed here in this one. In KU's Elite Eight victory over North Carolina in 2013, what Kansas player led the team with 22 points? Tyshawn Taylor. That is correct. You never know if, is it T-Rob or would it be Elijah Johnson who had a good tournament? But Tyshawn Taylor, he had that famous play, the and one that kind of sealed the deal where uh, he gets fouled after the block by Withy and just kind of did him in. All right, this is a fun one here in our 314 between Kyle and Eli. Back to you, Eli. Or to the really hard questions. When Danny Manning broke the KU freshman record for rebounds in one season in 1985, whose previously held record from 1974 did he beat? I gotta say, this isn't my strongest era of knowledge. <laughs> 74. Oh, sheesh. You got 10 seconds. Let's do... I have no idea. The correct answer is uh, Norm Cook. Norm Cook. Correct answer there. Okay, Kyle, chance to win it in the really hard round. The KU record for most disqualifications by foul or ejection in one season is 16. What player from 1967 owns that mark? It was Vernon Vinoy. Wow! Holy what cow! A pull. Oh my goodness. Oh my. <laughs> I think Kyle, the studying has paid off there. Vernon Vinoy, the answer. I did not think anybody would get that one right. I did not think anybody would get the Norm Cook one right. Um, I'll say this. Eli, you come up short here. I, I think you've done well enough. I've said this to a handful of people, so I don't want to overpromise, but I, I think it is fair to say you've earned yourself a higher seed next year for RCST Trivia, getting to the really hard round against a really good opponent here um, in Kyle. We've had some people, though, lose on the opposition just completely guessing and getting it right and I've always said like that has to feel like one of the worst feelings because you just got unlucky there this one though where you lose to somebody who gets that answer right uh you've got to sleep well like you gave it your all right I mean what what gives you can just you just got to leave it all out there on the floor I mean when you run into a juggernaut sometimes you you're going to get hit by the buzz saw. you know last year Andrew goes to the uh the grade eight, eight yeah or- Find the grade eight, and here comes Kyle. He's mowing me down, too, you know? So, I mean, if that's how I'm going to go out, I'll take it. Well, Eli, I'll tell you what. I am I mean, hopefully next year you, we, we get you back in this event, and I think this performance is going to earn you a higher seed so that you get to avoid one of these juggernauts in the first round and that we can uh, get you off the schneid here in trivia because clearly you know your stuff, and uh, we appreciate you for joining. Kyle, how did you pull that one out, and how did you do so so quickly? That was the that was the studying. Um, Isaac's thrown some of those foul and DQ questions at me, uh, and uh, that one is stuck. Um, and he sticks because I think Isaac 
got that question either in the final or the semi last year about the 67 big eight newcomer of the year. And I had it on a flashcard. And so that's, that was the guy, but Eli, I'll tell you, man, I did not know Norm cook. So, uh, would not have gotten that one. <laughs> Sometimes it's just the luck of the draw or in Eli's case, the unluck of the draw. Well, guys, fantastic matchup here, Kyle. Congrats, you're moving on. I, I mean, I know you're the three seed and Andrew's the two, but I think the uh, Vegas oddmakers, if, if that ends up being a sizzling 16 matchup, I think I know who's the favorite this time around. Uh, well, I got to get through the 11 first, so uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right, Eli, thanks for joining. Kyle, see you next week. All right. Thank thanks, you Eli. much. Good job, Kyle. Holy cow. What a freaking matchup. Those are the ones that get you real excited. And what a performance by Eli to push it there. Did everything he could. But what an unbelievable – without a doubt, to this point, that was the most impressive answer that we've gotten to a question. Now, not every matchup has gone to the really hard, and uh, once we weed things down and get to future rounds, more matchups will get to the really hard. But honestly, those were ones that I wasn't expecting either to answer. It was just ones that they're in the really hard, and if you do know them, then – that's probably the knockout blow, and that's what it ended up being. Unbelievable performance by Kyle, and uh, man, now that we know Kyle and Isaac are uh, studying together, I mean, those are two really good seasoned veteran trivia competitors. That's only going to make both of them better. Hmm. Forget the storyline of Kyle and Andrew. I'm sorry. Could we get a Kyle versus Isaac final? That is a possibility, but certainly a long way to go before we get there. Quite the first round performance there between both Kyle and and Eli. That is our second trivia matchup of the day. We've got two more to get to here. We're brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Kirk Geyser State Farm, McDonald's of Lawrence, CBD of Lawrence, Homefield Apparel, Pella Windows and Doors, RockChuck.io, Jayhawk Trophy, and Hawaiian Bros. Our next matchup features a 215 pairing between Sam Oliver and Garrett Nice out of the East region, where uh, that could potentially line up with Alex Stilley if the two eventually met in the Sizzling 16. But again, Getting ahead of ourselves here. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Adam Dravetta. I'm Derek Johnson here on FM 1017-1320-KLWN-KLWN.com. KLWN Depend on it. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com. And we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. Our third trivia matchup of the day is a 215 matchup, which weirdly enough has been some of our best matchups so far in the tournament. Our two seed, Sam Oliver, our 15 seed, Garrett Nice out of the East region. And the winner of this will take on Chris Conway, the 10 seed. And the winner of this also getting a $25 gift card to 23rd Street Brewery, an RCST trivia t-shirt. So Garrett, we'll start with you. This is your first appearance in RCST trivia. Uh, How would you categorize your, your KU fandom? Um, well, I grew up in Missouri, deep in Mizzou country. So Ugh. I, 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 I put up with a lot of ridicule and harassment from classmates and teachers alike, uh, to be, a, uh, to, you know, grow up around all the Mizzou fans and still maintain my, my KU fandom. I've, I've been through the ringer. So, um, and my first KU game that I ever attended in person was that one that broke the the home streak back in 2011 so <laughs> so i had i had a rough i had a really rough go that first time at allen Fieldhouse, but but since then it's been pretty good to me so 
It has. Well, if if you've dealt with that, then uh, the pressures of trivia certainly uh, pale in comparison to that. Sam, you are back in this event. You weren't in it last year, but you earned a two seed this year. One of our grade eight contestants last year didn't make it, so that allowed somebody who wasn't a grade eight member uh, this year to slide into that spot. And you made the grade eight the first year you were in it. You won your first three matchups. You went thirteen and one on questions. The first question you missed, unfortunately, ended up being your first loss. Um, but have you done anything different in preparation for this one than the first one? Uh, you know, yeah, I'd say the preparation was similar, but really it's just the motivation. I'll never forget that question. It was, a uh, Marcus page from North Carolina and that Villanova shot and it stuck with me. So, um, no, yeah, uh, preparation is pretty much the same. Open, just uh, I know this stuff at the top of my head, but questions are definitely tougher this time around. So. Yeah, it's it's definitely fun too hearing from people who have lost before. You always remember that question, and uh, one thing that's that's different from that first go around, besides the clock being a little bit longer, the first go around we did KU, Big Twelve, and college basketball. This time it's it's just KU. That was the case last year as well. So it's all KU focused, and I appreciate you wearing your KLWNRCST T-shirt. That was the. I think the first edition of the one we did, we had the the one last year, which was a red one with RCST. This year, specifically, the the T-shirt is trivia-centered, so it's a specific trivia T-shirt. So a winner of this is going to get that. Okay, we're going to get on to our questions here as we get the music rolling. And Garrett, you are the lower seed as the 15, so you have the option. Would you rather go first or go second? Uh, I'll go first. Okay, Garrett is going to go first. That means, Sam, you're going second. And the first really easy question to you, Garrett. What's the school name of KU's rival that they played in December of 2021 for the first time since 2012? Mizzou. Yeah, that worked out to be right up your alley. Um, So sometimes the questions just fall that way. Okay, for you, Sam. What's the school name of KU's in-state Big 12 opponent who the Jayhawks went 2-0 against this past season? Kansas State. That's right. All right, really easy ones in the book. On to the easy questions. For you, Garrett, who won Final Four MOP for Kansas this year? It's controversial, but uh, Ochai Abaji. That's right. If you would have said David McCormick, I don't think I could give you the answer, but like, there would be a part of me that would want to, if that makes sense. Okay, on to you, Sam. Prior to going to the Final Four, what guard won Midwest Region MOP for Kansas this season? Remy Martin. All right, Remy won it there. Phenomenal first three rounds. I think he had nine in the in the uh, Elite Eight, so not as much there, but a really good tournament for Remy Martin. On to the medium questions of things. Back to you, Garrett. How many Final Fours did Mitch Lightfoot make at Kansas? He made two. That's correct. All right. To you, Sam, how many final fours did Chris Tehan make at Kansas? Also two. Yep. Both of them made it in 2018 and 2022, which was on the roster two years before, though, that Connor Tehan or Chris Tehan was. Okay. Now we're going to scoot up the intensity, change up the music a little bit here, get to our hard round of questioning. Where true champions are made. This one back to you, Garrett. What senior led KU in total minutes and minutes per game played in the 2010-2011 season that ended in an Elite Eight loss to VCU? I'm going to go with 
Hmm, it's between two two people here. Let's go with Tyro Reed. Good pull. Who was the other guy you were between? Brady, Morningstar. Well, Tyro Reed was the correct answer there, so good decision on that one. Okay, Sam, for you. Jock Vaughn led Kansas in assists per game all four of his years at KU. Following his graduation, there were big shoes to fill. What Jayhawk guard led the team in assists per game that following season in 1997 to 1998? Mm. <laughs> Ten seconds. I'm going to go uh, Kirk Heinrich. I don't know. I think Kirk joined the following season. The correct answer is Ryan Robertson. Ryan Robertson, who uh, has some of the best individual assist games and single season marks, 6.4 assists per game for Robertson that year. It was kind of a bench piece on, on that 96 or on the 97-98 uh, team, I think, and or uh, the 96-97, I'm sorry, and then uh, became more of a guy in that 97-98 season. But more of a forgotten guy because he didn't have the uh, NCAA tournament success. So, uh, Garrett, you pull the 15-2 upset there. Um, what do you think of your performance, your first edition of RCST Trivia? Well, that the that last question that I got right was really a toss-up, so I'm glad I, I stuck with uh, with my gut there. But, uh, yeah, Sam's question, I did not know that one. I would not have gotten that one. So I guess it's, it's just kind of a matter of, Picking to go first, I really lucked out on that. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> part of this. There is a an, an element of luck with when you go, what questions you're going to randomly get. You, you don't know. Could be up your alley. Might not. And uh, work to your favor that time. Sam, the flip side to that, did you know the answer to Garrett's first question there? I would have guessed one of the two, yeah. Um, <clears throat> honestly, probably would have guessed Brady. But, uh, no, yeah, that, that I was uh, I was stuck on, on the second one for sure. But, um just well, how, the, how it goes sometimes, I guess. Well, I'm sure you'll never forget Ryan Robertson now. He'll be uh, ingrained in your memory from here on. Sam, we, we appreciated you coming back. We hope you get you back next year as well. Garrett, you've uh, certainly impressed the uh, the committee, the Vegas oddmakers, I guess, as a uh, 15 seed. And who knows, maybe you could be the St. Peter's of this tournament. <laughs> there you go. All right, well, guys, we appreciate you joining Trivia, and uh, thanks for hopping on. Thanks. So 15 over two upset. We've been we've been hinting at that. I mean, uh, Kristen almost beat Andrew. Uh, Brandon gave a heck of a ride to Tate. We still have one 15-2 matchup to go in a battle of Ryan's, but a 15 seed wins here. And I think Garrett, like I, I said that about St. Peter's, Garrett seemed to know his stuff. Like he could very well be the St. Peter's of this tournament. Yeah, that was a, I got to say, that was a tough one. It, it was kind of a, the Tyrell Reed question was a, lesser known like the the team was more recent but the player was a little lesser known whereas ryan robertson was a super well-known player with a team further back yeah it's interesting because it's it's with the tyrell reed one it's okay i can narrow down in my head like you immediately probably have four or five guys you think of you think tyshawn taylor the yeah. morris twins uh brady morningstar and tyrell reed the so senior you, part helped, five right yeah yeah so you're right that, that probably helps there but um with the ryan robertson one 
if you just know that Ryan Robertson was the point guard from 97-98 till, yeah. I forget if it was the next season or two well, more yeah, after that. Yeah, Heinrich was there, um, it was two two years later, 99-2000. Okay. So he finished in 2000. Year. So, or I'm just saying when Robertson, Robertson graduated. I don't, I don't know, know, probably. 2000, 2001, I don't know like if that. he would have finished in 99 or 2000. So if you just know that Ryan Robertson was the point guard then, you should know he's the leading assist yeah, yeah, guy, yeah. but it's harder to know he was the point guard. So it's it's kind of a, a difference in, yeah. in the two questions there. What one is a kind of a deeper guy on a more recent team. Robertson was a more premier guy on a team further back. Yeah, but still a very well known. Um, I mean, until and I know you weren't. A, a, well, you were actually very young and, and not following KU yet. But I, I I can tell you that I mean the the storyline at that point, and it's funny because I always said that people who got frustrated with Bill Self um, through years where they you know were struggling, struggling, struggling is such a, a weird term to use for it. But um, I always said they never would have survived with, during the Roy Williams era where they went like six or seven straight years without making a Sweet 16 or making it past the Sweet 16. Um, and that was kind of part of that stretch that that the storyline was, was you know, KU not going particularly deep in the tournament. Robertson was part of that. And, and obviously it all ended in 2002 where they broke broke through and made it back to the Final Four. But, um, yeah, he was a premier player on, on a, a, a KU team that is famous one because of how good they were, but then sadly um, for struggling in, in the tournament. Yeah, against but Rhode Island. I, I think everybody when they think of that ninety seven ninety eight team, you first think of Pearson and Paul, Paul Pearson, right? And and you don't necessarily think of him. And then the following years that he was there, uh, again, I don't remember when he graduated. If it was yeah, year, I know years. the following year they were a six seed and they got yeah, bounced they by Kentucky in the second round. You didn't have deep tournament runs. They're not like yeah. memorable teams, you know. So. It is what it is, but uh, unfortunately there for Sam. We, we know he, he knows his stuff, but uh, ran into a buzzsaw of yeah. a 15 seat in Garrett. And it is funny. I was I was looking through the bracket because um, Garrett is the, the lowest seed to advance so far, but like most of the high seeds are winning. So is that a point in my favor for seeding this thing? Yeah, sure. I'll give that to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I need little compliments like that. I was. Uh, my, my immediate thought when something happens like that, my immediate thought is to look up at the bracket and see if that pairing was in the same part of the bracket as St. Peter's, and it wasn't. This mm-hmm. was their bracket or their region is the bottom right on our on the RCSD trivia bracket, and St. Peter's, of course, was the bottom left. But uh, you never know; you could uh, see. Something. But I think both were in the east. Yeah, our yeah. east is in the bottom right. Yep, you're right. So you could see something pretty scary out of uh, out of uh, out of Garrett. Yeah, we could. He'll be taking on Chris Conway, and congrats. You you called it, though. I mean, he, he grew up, you know, in a pressure cooker surrounded by uh, the enemy. Yeah, he did. That, that just, you know, that makes this easy, right? All right, he's Adam Dravetta. I'm Derek Johnson. We have one more trivia matchup to get to today. It's a 7-10 matchup out of that bottom left region in the West between Tucker Stover and Scott Wymore, the brother of Andrew Wymore, the one seed in the West. So if we're going to have... Uh, a brotherly matchup in the grade eight. It has to start right here with Scott. This is RCST on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Final matchup of the day here for RCST Trivia is a 7-10 matchup out of the West with the 7-seed Tucker Stover and the 10-seed Scott Wymore. So, Scott, this is your third appearance in Trivia, and uh, your brother is sitting there as the 1-seed at the top of the uh, West region. Has that 
been a conversation at all about the possibility of you guys meeting in the grade eight, or are you just kind of focused on what's right in front of you? Man, I, I just got to focus on winning my my first round, man. That's uh, that's all I'm looking at. All right. Well, your opponent is Tucker Stover, and Tucker, this is your first appearance in trivia. So, uh, what's your familiarity with this event, and uh, what's your level of of KU fandom? Where where does kind of that originate? Yeah, so I, I've been listening for the last three years and keep saying to myself, I need to remember to get on your guys' Twitter and get registered. But finally got to this year with the deep run in the tournament, and I've been a fan since uh, I think 88 was the first game I remember watching, and the whole family was sitting around the old wood box TV in Grandma's living room, so we've seen a lot of games since then. All right, well, we'll see if, if that helps you out here. The winner of this will get the winner of our Battle of the Ryans in the 215 matchup. Winner of this also gets a $25 gift card to 23rd Street Brewery and an RCST trivia t-shirt. All right, let's go ahead and cue the music here as we get into our question. Scott, you're the lower seed, so you have the option. Would you rather go first or go second? I'll go second. All right, that means, Tucker, you are up first. On to a really easy round of questions. Tucker, this Kansas guard won National Player of the Year for the 2016-2017 season. What's his name? Frank Mason. That is correct. Frank Mason, he swept the National Player of the Year awards, I believe, as well. Okay, for you, Scott, this Kansas center was an All-American in 2020 prior to COVID ending the season. Uh, Doke Azubuki. That's right. Big Doke, first-team All-American. Two of the top ten players on that team with him and Dotson. Okay, up around, on to you, Tucker. In the National Championship game this past year, Jalen Wilson tied for the team lead of 15 points with what KU center who also had 15 points? David McCormick. That's right. A lot of people thought he should have won Final Four MOP. Okay, Scott, in that same title game earlier this year, KU was led in rebounding by what junior wing who recorded 12 rebounds as part of his strong second half surge? Uh, Christian Brown. That's right. Christian Brown had, I believe, 12 points to go with the 12 rebounds as well. He was fantastic in the second half, especially getting out in transition and finishing around the rim. Okay, on to the medium. Rounds of questions. Back to you, Tucker. What year does KU claim its first Helms National Championship? 1922. That is correct. Part of back-to-back titles for them from the Helms. On to you, Scott. What year did KU win its first non-Helms National Championship? 1952. Yep, 1952 with Clyde Lavellet leading the way for the Jayhawks, one of the best individual seasons in KU basketball history. We're going to change up the music, get to the more intense stuff here, on to the hard rounds, around, I guess I should say, of questioning. Back to you, Tucker. So far, so good for both of you guys. Tucker, in 2012, Kansas was led by what player in steals per game? So to clarify the 2011-2012 season, what Kansas player led the team in steals per game? Travis Relaford. That was a good guess because Relaford known for his defense, but the correct answer is Elijah Johnson. Elijah Johnson. With the uh, team lead in steals per game. 
Okay, back to you, Scott. In the 2011 Sweet 16 victory over Richmond, what KU player led the team with 18 points? Marcus Morris. Again, not a bad guess because you have a guy who, you know, was the team's best player, was the team's leading scorer, but the uh, correct answer was Brady Morningstar. Quite the game for Brady Morningstar with 18 points. All right, we're going to stay in the hard round of questioning. Leave the music where it is because, regardless, this is intense. Okay, back to you, Tucker. In 1953, Kansas got their first win over the AP-ranked number one team in the country with an 80-66 to win against what Big 7 conference opponent? Oklahoma. I believe Oklahoma was in the Big 7, so that was a good guess, but the correct answer is KU's in-state rival in Kansas State, who was a pretty darn good basketball team of their own in the 50s. Okay, chance for you, Scott, to take it home here. The least amount of points that KU scored in a Big 12 tournament game came in the 1999 Big 12 championship against who? Iowa State. Correct answer is Oklahoma State. And they won that game in spite of that. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it wasn't the game against Oklahoma with um, uh, Kelvin Sampson as the coach. Hollis Price, that was 64-55. He only scored 53, so two last points. But yeah, to your point, they won 53-37. to Yeah. What a defensive effort in that game. All right, we're going to move down to the medium round. We'll keep the music where it is. This one back to you, Tucker. Joel Embiid holds the KU freshman record among qualifiers for field goal percentage. Second on that list was what KU player from Virginia from the 2018-2019 season with a 62.5% mark. D-Mac. David McCormick, D-Mac, Big Dave, Big Mac, whatever you want to call him, is the correct answer there. Hey, you wouldn't think of that. I mean, it didn't seem like he played enough, but you think about it, Udoka got hurt, and he's starting all those games and actually ended up having a pretty darn efficient freshman season. Okay, this one for you, Scott, to stay alive. This forward from Chicago led the Jayhawks in rebounds per game in the 2006 to 2007 season with 7.8 of them. Uh, Julian Wright. That's correct. Julian Wright. Had to be a fan favorite, man. That guy was so much fun to watch. Okay. Consistently performed against Missouri, too. Mm. Yes, he did. All right, we're going to stay in the medium round for one more. Tucker, back to you. Trailing just Sharon Collins, this freshman was second on the 2009-2010 to team in points per game with 13.4. Elijah Johnson. 
Correct answer is Xavier Henry. Xavier Henry with a fantastic freshman season, but it's forgotten because that team lost in the second round. 13.5 points per game, high efficiency. All right, Scott, chance to win. Behind just the Morris twins, this senior was third on the 2010-2011 team in points per game with 9.7. Can you repeat the last part of the question? Yeah, uh, behind just the Morris twins, this senior was third on the 2010-2011 team in points per game with 9.7. 10 seconds. Oh, gosh. It wasn't Jamari. Correct answer is Tyrell Reed. We're going to move back down to the... uh, Well, no, we'll stay here in the medium. Okay. For you, Tucker, after appearing in 55 games for Kansas... This player transferred last offseason and started 26 games for Iowa State this season. Tristan Anamuna. Yep. The uh, Dutch Oven, I think. I don't know if that name ever stuck. The Flying Dutchman. No chance. One of those two. (laughs) We asked him about it on the show, which he would rather have, and I Uh, thought he actually said the Dutch Oven, but I, I could be wrong on that. I'd have to go back. Okay. Back to you, Scott. After appearing in 20 games for Kansas, this player transferred last offseason and started 25 games for Oklahoma State this season. Uh, Bryce Thompson. That is right. Bryce Thompson, the answer there. All right, we're going to head back up to the hard round of questions. We got a marathon matchup here between Scott and Tucker. Back to you, Tucker. The last time that Kansas beat the AP's number one team, was in a road conference game. Who was it against? Baylor. Good call. It was the uh, Baylor game where I think College Game Day was there and uh, Doka Azubuke went off, just dunked everything on a lob. That was a fun one. That was a uh, fun one in that 2020 season. Okay, back to you, Scott. Prior to that win over the AP's number one team against Baylor, the last win against the AP's top team for KU came in the 2016-2017 season in non-conference play against who? Oh, God. 2016-2017? Yep. It was non-conference play. Kentucky? They had it on the right track. You were thinking blue blood there. It was in the um, Champions Classic game. It was that famous game where Frank Mason hits the game-winning shot against Duke. Duke was number one in the country in the Champions Classic that year. So that was the uh, answer to that one. Well, a marathon matchup here. I don't think you know you can go out feeling bad about yourself there because of the fact that you really, uh, really. Both of you guys uh, made this a long matchup, but uh, Scott, thoughts uh, coming out of this one uh, with the loss? Still can't make it out of the first round. Got to got to regroup, and get ready for twenty twenty three. Got see the Roy Williams Stankum on my back. Still, so. all right. We'll uh, we'll see if uh, Andrew can avenge you in later rounds. Tucker, 
you uh, said you've been listening to this for years now, and and you get your first try at it. You win in, in a long, intense matchup. Uh, thoughts on your first trivia experience? Yeah, it was a tough first round. You know, Scott knows his stuff, and uh, I was thinking Kentucky for that question as well. So I would have been out too, bud. Well, unfortunately, well sometimes, done, yeah, sometimes it's just uh, luck of the draw. Guys, appreciate you hopping on on RCSC Trivia this year. Tucker, we'll see you next week. All right, our final matchup of the day for RCST Trivia. That was, a, like I said, marathon matchup. Um, again, more of a defensive slugfest. It but, felt like that forty or that fifty-three thirty-seven yeah. KU Oklahoma State game. But it also at the end it had some big shots made. Uh, the Baylor Agreed. one was yes. a big hit. Yep. yep. Um, and again, that's one where you know you have the twenty sixteen seventeen season. You might not immediately think of that Duke game because it was at the beginning of the year. But then once you I'm, think it through more, I'm sure it makes once sense. you hear non-con, I don't know this. I would guess his thought process was. Probably, like you said, blue blood, but then maybe, maybe all right, who's in the cha- – And they did go, play Kentucky go, that year. Exactly, and going through the teams that were in the Champions Classic. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you're right. They went down to uh, Lexington. They, they, they beat them in Lexington. So, mm-hmm. um, the tough one, you know, it just some, you know they he's, they gave a valiant effort. So, Yeah, they did. Well, congrats to Tucker. He is moving on. That is our CST trivia for the day. We'll be back for four more matchups tomorrow. Trivia brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Kirk Easter State Farm, McDonald's of Lawrence, CBD of Lawrence, Home Field Apparel, Pella Windows and Doors, RockChuck.io, Jayhawk Trophy, and Wine Bros. This is RCST, two hours down, whatever's left of our show, next.